Blog Talk Radio. So make way for the new, new era. The young era, parents who inherit the depths of his parents. The rain to be a rain, hip hop's in the steric. See the neighbor at the ball, bitch, the system's embarrassed. So tell me how you style them. All black, black, two black, stage, black shoes, bad dude. Attitude, I am vacuum pack fresh. Tighter than the ziplock, better check the wristwatch. I don't give a hug, you ain't even worth a letter. Good fella, Jerry Keller, Henry Hill, the merry fella. Man, I spray it quick, I spit it slickly, let you get a F. Subtle curses on these verses, but you wish you had insurance for a rap, you in insurance. Call it harvest season, you might think this shit is corny, but there's a ring from in the field. Oh, yeah. So welcome to a new day. I feel straight, but the sun in my eyes. You know you're getting shaded, you come to my side So make way for the king So make way for the king So make way for the king We're just living on the so hoopla, hoorah I smoke them like a hookah Who y'all running with the grand poopah Sacrifice doing this instrument, no praying to the base. And then I leave them at the temples. Did you know I'm feeling simple? Always had idols, but I never had rivals. I never claim wins, I just claim titles. Man, dependence, the dependence of this instrument. I'm intricate while women within verses. Like service for the churches. Now Mary went to black and then I stand for something greater. Acronyms, ask for him. The boy with the hard flows, you know I give it to you raw. No barcode, hard flows posing with my soldiers on the front lines. You only front with none. I keep a blunt with mine, pumping none. Something with the thunder while they running high. Come and find them driven with precision. Welcome in, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. This is Michael Carnahan, the voice of the ASWF. What's up, Shirley? Uh, coming at you live, ASWF Aftermath, just about, what, 12 days after the biggest night in ASWF wrestling's history, Cornbread? Oh, absolutely, and, I, and I'll tell you this, if you wasn't at the Valiant Arena uh, back on April 6th, you have no idea what in the world you just missed. That's, and, and, you know, I, I said it the last time I was on Aftermath. And I, I won't mind saying it, repeating myself. I was one of the best cards that delivered this year. No question about it. Every card always delivers anniversary 20. Wow. A lot of shocks and a lot of surprises. The whole entire night, Mike. Absolutely. I mean, there was tons of surprises. And we're going to get to those here in a, a few moments. Uh, as we go down the card, we're going to break down absolutely everything on the ASWF Anniversary 20 card here for you, and uh, even more, ladies and gentlemen. So let's go ahead and get right into it. First of all, though, I never want to start without asking you, Cornbread, how was your week? Let's just say it's been so busy, um, and, and if you really want to know what I'm talking about, it's such one of the busiest times in sports right now, and in particular, the state of Arkansas, so pretty much... That's how that's how my week and not say the last four and a half weeks have been just been nothing but busy, you know, having to uh, deal with a whole lot of um, sports and all of that in this state because there's a whole lot of changes that that's coming that will be uh, imminent uh, right at the right at the um, the fall the fall and autumn time of later this year 
and I won't be surprised if some of those some of those um, changes comes into effect later on this year. So yeah, it's been completely busy for me, Mike. <laughs> How about Absolutely. you? Hey, it's definitely been busy here. You know, the grind don't stop as we get ready to uh, get ready for another week here at the Valiant Arena. You know, uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, we talk about, you know, you constantly hear about how all these. Uh, Big sports have off seasons, but professional wrestling has absolutely no off season. We just had our Super Bowl about twelve days ago, and usually most most people get about twelve days off. Not in professional wrestling, we're right back at it. Nope. Exactly, and and, and I could agree with you more, Mike, because you know we've said it so many times. It's it's a full time sport. No, regardless, no, regardless of the naysayers and all that, this is a full time sport. Is one and and I, I've uh, I've actually had an opportunity to listen to uh, one of the um, Minute Planet uh, wrestling announcers, one of the legendary Minute Minute Planet wrestling announcers, Bob Collo, and he hit the nail on the head. He said, "Professional wrestling is one; of, it demands the top-notch conditioning. It demands, you know, it it has such a high threshold of pain." It's a full time. It's a full time a year. I mean, it's three sixty five a year. You know, whether you have a show every single week, every two weeks, or like the rough, wrestling never stops. That's absolutely accurate. And I do want to apologize to everybody that's having issues with the uh, with the live video. Of course, you know, Facebook likes to uh, screw up. So this is always fun trying yeah. to. Uh, get this started at the beginning of aftermath but hopefully we got it going now and let's go ahead and dive right into anniversary 20 we kick things off with the golden ticket battle roll and i mean you want to talk about surprises let's go ahead and you know throw it out there gaston stallion just returned to the aswf and he's already mr golden ticket what a just mind-blowing right there yeah, I, I I'll be honest with you, Mike. I, I did not see this one coming at all. And um, you know, I mean, think about. I mean, you had a. I mean, you really had almost like a who's who, um, inside this golden ticket. You know, I I honestly, you know, would have thought that maybe Elway could have played. You know, the squeaky grease that got the wheel. I thought he could have played it. You know, two straight years in a row. And maybe this time, perhaps, either think about the Evolution or the ASWF Championship. But um, he had a little roadblock in himself, and that roadblock being Cataclysm. But Absolutely. Uh, and he not only uh, met Cataclysm I, I, I in that match, he I, met Cataclysm a little bit later. Yeah. And, and, and you know that. And you know that few kind of boiled all the way over. But I'll tell you one thing. Stallion, I first off, congratulations to him. Uh, second off, I did not see this one coming at all. I, in, part, in fact, I didn't even know he was in the building. Absolutely. And, you know, that's the interesting thing about Gaston. Gaston, I can guarantee you, you're going to be seeing a guy, a, a different type of uh, golden ticket holder here in Gaston. Gaston is a very cerebral guy he thinks about everything he does he weighs a possible option and all that that's how he became aswf champion before so it'll be interesting to see coming forward 
what Gaston decides to do with that ticket. Could he go back after well, the ASWF championship or maybe one of the others? Yeah, because yeah, cause I, I, I think you took the words out of my mouth because I was going to put you on the spot here, Mike, and uh, ask you, do you think it's a possibility that he could go with another run at the ASWF heavyweight title, or could he throw in a curveball and perhaps go for the Evolution Evolution Championship? Well, you know, that's definitely an interesting thought there as far as that goes, because, you know, we, can, we, we say a week in and week out, uh, the ASWF Championship is the most prestigious title in the state of Arkansas. The lineage is, you know, a who's who of professional wrestling in the area. And, you know, it, it's, one of those, it's one of those things where if you want to be known as the top guy in the state, you want that ASWF championship. So I've got to say, yeah, Gaston's going to take a, a long, hard look at that ASWF championship. And, you know, depending on what happens, it could be interesting to see, you know, who's champion at the time whenever he decides to cash in and all that. It could it, it can lead to things. And once again, I apologize if you guys are um, – listening over on the Facebook Live. It's crashed again. We're going to try this one more time. Uh, But, yeah, definitely, as far as Gaston goes, I believe that the ASWF championship could very well be paramount in his mind, so to speak, and I think that that Mm -hmm. could be the most uh, interesting thing moving forward is what could happen with that title. Uh, Cornbread? Yes. I'll, I'll speak a little bit to that. Um, you know, one you know one of the things that I, I feel and always have felt that has you know made the golden ticket uh, pretty much one of one of the you know the key points to an athlete's career is the unpredictability factor. You don't know when he's going to cash in. It's danger for. Um, anyone holding that title? Now um, you can you can you you'll probably know a lot lot more of this uh, than I would. Have you? Oh, you right. Anybody? I mean, uh, I was gonna pose this question to you, Mike. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, you know you, you know you've seen a lot of golden ticket cashes. I've only seen the last two. Have you honestly seen anybody kind of? Called their shot, literally in front of in front of the world. Called their shot, and literally says, "Hey, I'm gonna cash in my golden ticket this day, this day, or whatnot." And actually, have just a straight one-on-one match, and boom, um, new champion crowned. I don't believe I've had, seen anybody have the temerity to do that yet. But if there's somebody that's confident enough to do it, it would definitely be Gaston Stallion. This guy, this guy is good, and he knows he's good. So he may very well be the very first to do that. Yeah, I, I would think so too. And all I, I guess all I can say is, um, champions beware. <laughs> Absolutely, as you always have to be whenever there's a uh, new golden ticket out there. You always have to uh, keep a, uh, eye, you know, eyes in the back of your head. I mean, I mean, I, I treat the golden ticket as 
no, let's just say, for example, I, if I was champion, and uh, I treat that go to ticket like it was a multi-man match. And it, it goes exactly with what you said. I was in the back of your head. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, next up we had the uh, front man, Morgan Williams, in his final match ever, taking on his brother, Excalibur. What did you think of that? That that was just an emotional back and forth. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I, I'm known Morgan, and, and I'll say this for the public record, Mike, and for uh, everyone listening and uh, perhaps everyone watching. I've known uh, Morgan Williams since 2010. And um, when, I, when I first met him, um, very, very good guy. Um, for me personally, to see him, you know, in a ring for the last time, um, based off everything that he has conquered um, in his life up until this point, yeah, it was a surreal moment for me. Um, to me, I kind of would put that right up there um, as one of my must-see moments of this year. Um, in sports overall, and this is a hot compliment, I put this right up there um, as one of the must-see moments of the year alongside um, what went down this past Sunday when uh, Tiger Woods um, won his 15th um, major. That's how emotional, that's how great it was. Absolutely. I completely agree with that statement. You know, uh, these two guys came in. And, you know, they came in and they fought like brothers. I mean, Excalibur, I'll tell you this much. If you think Excalibur took it easy on Morgan Williams because it was his last matchup, trust me, you're going to have to think again. I mean, this thing went back and forth, and, you know, uh, these two gentlemen just laid it all out there on the line. You know, we got a nice uh, moment of respect there a rare moment of respect from Excalibur, but uh, the new 2019 Hall of Fame inductee, uh, Mr. Morgan Williams, calling it a career after an amazing match like that, you know, you got to be happy for him. Um, You know, I mentioned that he's calling it a career. I mentioned that he's a Hall of Famer as of uh, 12 days ago. What are you going to remember most about the career of Morgan Williams? Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I don't like to, a lot of times refer to the past, um, as far as prior workings are concerned, but, um, one of, one of my favorite, one of my favorite memories was, um, getting the opportunity to call this match, one of his matches, um, and it took place in Black Rock, um, uh, it was a, it was a tag team match, and um, mm-hmm. everything yeah everything took place earlier in that day, and I remember him um, after everything was completed, and we had a whole lot of time left. Um, I remember him telling me he's like, hey, um, you know, you know, it's it's around it's right around five thirty six o'clock. What are we gonna do? And I remember him telling me, um, hey, want to go, want to go Turkman? And that was the first time I actually been inside 
of uh, the Valiant Arena, and I sat as and I sat as a fan and watched, mm-hmm. and I was blown away by the incredible. And I'm not just saying this because because I work for the company now. I'm saying this because that was one of my favorite memories, but it's one of my best memories because you know. I would have known. I would not have known anything about the Bayern Arena had Morgan Williams not said, "Hey, you know, let's get out of Black Rock. Let's head towards Tuckerman." And we're with the Tuckerman, and I, I tell you this, you know, has always been on my bucket list ever since that day in uh, 2011. And I was, I was way more than happy for him. I'm still happy for him now. Um, I indeed pray that he, you know, he always has, he's, he's always been one of the toughest um, individuals I've ever been around in mentally um, in any sport. Well, and, you know, absolutely everybody inside of that 2019 class, you know, we got a few, quite a few surprises heading into that 2019 oh, yeah. class. I mean, Mark Wolf, former ASWF champion, we knew that was going to happen, and well-deserved. Absolutely. Whether you like the man or hate the man, the man was one of the most dominant performers in the ASWF's history. So you definitely hey, got to give it up to that gentleman. And also, a uh, member of that um, Golden Ticket um, family, they catched it last year. Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, the Cadillac brothers uh, being inducted into the Hall of Fame, another uh, nice moment, as well as uh, the uh, the commissioner of the ASWF, uh, Mr. Joey Britt, finally taking his place amongst the legends in the Hall of Fame, as well as Rock and Ricky Rowland. I've got to say, apples for apples, oranges for oranges, probably the best manager in the period in the history of Arkansas wrestling, the infamous one, Double J, uh, taking his rightful place amongst the legends there in the Hall of Fame. You know, I, I got to say, well done on this year's class. And, and, and I'm going to echo those, I'll echo those sentiments, Mike, because, um, I mean, every single individual ever been in the Hall of Fame, they're at Tuckerman is well deserved, well deserved, and um, I almost had it on my bucket list of wanting Double J to go in for a long, long time, um, because I, I've seen I've seen his work, um, up the scenes, behind the scenes, and um, you know, oh, the guy he, puts in, you know, the guy puts in yeah, work for his guys like no other. I will give him that. Absolutely, absolutely, and and, and also, um, just for you know, think about a who's who of Arkansas wrestling has he managed? That's a who's who. Absolutely, and you don't have. I mean, you really don't have a lot of quote unquote legit managers in professional wrestling today. You really don't have that. To me. If I really have to put, like, the top three of managers, I mean, legit managers, in today's wrestling product, here, I mean, and this is this is all due respect to 
all the managers in this business. Here's my top three. Paul Heyman. Mm-hmm. Selena Delarita of MLW. Infamous Double J. Well, definitely high price for the infamous one to be. Uh, you know, spoken of with, you know, the likes of a Paul Heyman or the likes of uh, anybody on that and large th- stage. And, 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 and I'll throw in another name on that list of, like, legit managers. And that and that one individual's name, other than the legendary Jimmy Hart, Matt for the South Jimmy Hart, and Bobby DeBrahannon, I'm going to throw in uh, Paul Ellery and Jim Cornette on that list. That's how Absolutely. great. That's how great Infamous Double J really is. I completely agree. You know, I, I may not agree with his uh, way of going about things, but definitely, you know, the infamous one, well deserving of the credit. As was a man who we're going to talk about here in a little bit when we get to the main event, the Monsters Ball for the ASWF Championship, the former ASWF champion, uh, Steve-O. Right. And, you know, you know, it's well-deserved of him as well because, you know, any, any everybody that has really, really, you know, put in the work and put in the, you know, the, the heart labor and the dedication, um, like the whole entire class, and, of course, that includes Steve-O, uh, the whole entire class, this year's class of um, the Hall of Fame for ASWF, uh, everybody that really just put in tireless and countless hours of just nonstop hard work, not because they have to do it, but because they want to do it and they want to see not only you know their fellow brethren grow, grow and get and get bigger and better but want to see the whole company get bigger and better. And that's why ASWF has been around as long as it has. Absolutely agree. Couldn't have said it better myself. Now, next up we have a woman who will probably end up taking her place amongst the legends at some point. Uh, The Mistress of Mayhem, Asa Morta, took on the undeniable C.J. Jenkins. And what was, you know, a brutal encounter. Uh, these two just clearly took each other to the limits of their physical capabilities. And, you know, you got to give it to CJ. He was able to stick around for quite some time with Asa. Obviously, her able to pull out the victory. But, you know, you got to give it up to CJ. I was thoroughly impressed, actually, with his performance. Yeah, CJ Jenkins is tough. Um, he's an opportunist. Um, he's an opportunist, but with that, but with having an opportunistic attitude, comes the opportunity to make a name for yourself. And um, he did just that. He hung in there with Ace Mortar. Who, bottom line, um, I guess we'll call a spade a spade. Has not been the same since uh, she lost her mask um, in Matt's first title match uh, with the Excalibur. Um, she really has not been the same since she, you know, since he's lost that mask. And you know, we said it was supposed to be a rebel point for the Manai, 
That was one of the rebound points, in my opinion, for the Monarch when she got that win. But, but mad props, mad props to C.J. Jenkins. Absolutely mad props to C.J. You know, uh, when you're a guy that's young and trying to establish yourself inside of the uh, inside of the ASWF, that's the name of the game is to go out there after these established stars and you know like I said you know I may not agree with his motives or the way he goes about it but you definitely have to give it to him you know he was he picked one of the biggest dogs in the fight you know one of the most dominant competitors in the ASWF and he hung Mm -hmm. with her you know you know they know they know the old saying always goes uh to be the big dog, you have to conquer your big dog. Um, to be fearless, you have to conquer your fear. And that's, and you know, you have to admit this for C.J. Jenkins. He went out there, and even at points during that matchup, he literally just, like, like just laughed at, <laughs> I mean, literally just laughed at Ace of Morta. And we've been seeing this, like, week after week after week. You know, as far as... um. It's more just concerned. But, you know, with C.J. Jenkins, I mean, it's almost as if, you know, he just, I guess you could say, just, you know, it's really, really kind of tough to really try to pick the mind of C.J. Jenkins because every time you put him in pain, he's laughing. Absolutely. You've got to give him credit. But you also got to give the mistress of mayhem credit. You know, I've got to give it to her. Right. She was able to she was able to finally get things righted. I know you mentioned that, you know, she hasn't seemed to be right since losing her mask and it seems like this was the moment she was able to right the ship. Uh at anniversary twenty, she was able to right the ship and get things going in the right direction against CJ Jenkins. So definitely hats off to one of the most dominant competitors we've ever seen in the ASWF, and I mean, that's man, woman, child, uh, pygmy, anybody, legend, anybody. You know, tough, you know, you know, they don't say those toughness has no gender, and toughness knows no boundaries, and, you know, when when it comes to, you know, those two athletes, and yeah, I'm calling them athletes, because that's exactly what they are. They're athletes. I mean, their toughness knows no measures. I completely agree with that statement. But, you know, uh, we also had two very tough athletes. I got to give it up to the Aztec Warrior. You know, he backed up everything he said uh, heading into this body bag match. You know, he was able to stand toe-to-toe and stare the monster, so to speak, in the eyes. And, uh, you know, I... I've got to give it up to him. You know, he may have came up short in this matchup and Cataclysm finally able to uh, bury, so to speak, the demons of his past. But, you know, i got to give it up to him. You know, CJ and Elray, I look at them kind of in the same boat, both of them trying to establish a name for themselves. Elray, you know, mm-hmm. said that he was carrying the dead weight of Cataclysm and he should have never cashed in that favor. You know, and that's what really, you know, kind of got a lot of people talking. A lot of people started wondering, you know, 
is the psychotic savior on the downhill slope. And I think that Cataclysm effectively put an end to all that discussion uh, on at anniversary twenty. I, I, I think I think he I think he silenced a lot of people, um, especially you know since the downhill slope, because um, because you know I said to me times it's almost as if winning the tag team titles almost felt like a curse because he went on a losing streak and then when they lost the tag team titles, I mean it and, and the Manai just really kind of almost just went on a downhill slope so to speak. It it really did not feel the same way. I mean, it did not feel like the Manai that we normally are used to seeing. But it's like what I said with Ace Morta, I'm going to put it right here, with Cataclysm. I think he has the tunnel vision, and he gets himself back in a forward motion, not to be scientific here or use science terms, but when he gets himself back in a forward motion, I feel sorry for whoever gets in his path and attempts to try to, uh, quote, unquote, take his yard. Absolutely. I mean, and that's the thing, you know, Cataclysm, we know when he is on, he is a complete monster whenever he, you know, has everything going his way. He's momentum. He's got everything working. In his favor, the guy's a complete monster and, you know, a guy that I wouldn't want to see, you know, walking down a back alley somewhere. But, you know, that's the thing about it, looking at it, is the fact that, you know, Cataclysm is back, in my opinion. Same with Ace Morta. I think that the Manai has righted the ship, finally, and, you know, the interesting thing about all this is hey, looking forward, and we'll get into this more in the freefall matchup, but one thing we didn't talk Absolutely. about back in the Golden Ticket Battle Roll, what's going on with Ray and Cataclysm? You know, it seems like Cataclysm, anytime Ray looks at him, he kind of falls into this catatonic state, and it's just, it's eerie. Well, 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 and I'll also say this to add on. Um, I think there's a little bit more to that story than what met the eye, because it was almost as if, in, even in that freefall match, um, which we will get to in just a moment, it was almost as if Ray Ray had his attention almost twofolded here, because he kind of a little bit under the spell of the Inf- of Infamous Incorporated based off the directions that were given to him by the Infamous Double J. And then all that kind of turned sideways when Cataclysm entered the picture. Well, I mean, and that's certainly an interesting thought there. And we're going to get into the free fall match here in just a moment. But, you know, I, mm-hmm. I certainly have a different opinion and a different uh, theory as far as that goes uh, with uh, Ray Ray and Infamous Inc. But uh, we'll get into that in just a moment when we get into the uh, freefall matchup. Now, let's go ahead and talk about, I, I mean, I, I, I'm giddy like a child. It, it, it finally happened. It's like watching, it's almost like watching your kids uh, grow up. I mean, 
I've seen the Vincents from the time they made their debut till that crowning achievement on at Anniversary 20. Locked inside of a steel cage, nowhere to run, and the Vincents finally climbed the mountain and uh, toppled the Titans of Violence and became the ASWF Tag Team Champions. I, I know you were very proud as well, Cornbread. I, I mean, a brutal matchup, but it, the match pales in comparison almost to the accomplishment of these two young gentlemen. My, my word for that one will be hashtag finally. They figured the combination as um, I, I, I said this and I've observed that match um, start to finish. They came out, they had the best game plan. Not to take anything away from Todd Zavala's. The Vincents has had, they had the better game plan. They had the better strategy. They had the better mindset. Um, I, I watched the ES, I watched an ESPN interview earlier um, today. And it was regarding um, Tiger. It was regarding Tiger Woods, and of course, I keep bringing him up because, bottom line, that's been the story. I'm gonna classify that along with the Vincents, and literally say this: um, the headline was when it came to Tiger Woods was that he had his emotions in check. And for the Vincent brothers, they not only had their emotions in check, they had the the right mentality that they was to win. I don't know if it was a letdown on the Titans of Violence part, but well deserved win on behalf on the on the Vincent Brothers part because they came out with a better game plan. They came out mentally prepared and it showed. It showed throughout that whole match. No matter how bad you beat them down they're going to keep coming at you. And here's the thing. The key, to, the critical point of that match was during the miscue of the champions, the then fallen champions. That was the key to the Vences getting the win. And it would always come down to mistakes and capitalization. And that's what the Vincent brothers did. Yeah. There was a whole lot of questions for that quote-unquote big payoff. Bottom line, the payoff was worth it for the Vincent brothers, and I was very, 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 very proud. I'm not saying very happy for them that that they are now the new champions. Now, the question is not so much of how long will they hold the belts, but how steep the competition will be, and how much pain can they take in order to retain those titles. Well, and that's the thing, you know, a lot of people say the easiest part is uh, winning the title, and the harder part is defending and keeping said title, and you know, our colleague, Bad Brad, he said multiple times that he doesn't consider anybody a champion, a true champion, until they've defended their title at least once, so I mean, that's something looking forward, I'm not sure I haven't I, I haven't been privy to any talks about possibly a rematch clause or anything, but you know mm-hmm. I, I'm sure the Titans of Violence want to want to uh, want to uh, rematch this thing and uh, get another shot at their tag team titles. So 
That's going to be some uh, – there's tough challenges that lay ahead for the Vincent brothers if they want to keep those tag team belts. And, and, I'll, say, and I'll say this for any – I'll say this, and this goes – and uh, we all know that all champions always defend their championships. Um, there's no there's no offseason. You know, when you become champion, you don't have time off. You have to prepare – now, and, and you know, and this is why I appreciate um, radio and bull riding so much, along with professional wrestling. You don't have any off time. There's no off time. You know, you get right back in the saddle. You get you get back out there and you de- you defend your titles. You become a champion. Guess what? You defend the titles. And it's, champions are always defined by the quality of competition that they have. And how many competitors, how many competitive teams are willing to give the champions a run for the money? To me, that's one of the things that always define champions from challengers. I would agree with that, you know, and that's the thing you got to ask yourself. The Vincent brothers, are they just holding on to the tag team titles for somebody else? Or they are they, you know, legit? You know, are they going to be tag team champions? Are they going to go on this long, dominant reign? The Vincent brothers, I believe, are, you know, they have all the tools to succeed. I think you hit the nail on the head in one of your earlier statements, keeping the emotions in check. I think that, you know, especially in this title defense that they're going to have eventually, I believe that that's going to be the thing going in. You know, the Vincents, they know how to be challengers. Excuse me. Do the Vincents know how to be champions? They've got to switch that gear from being the hunter. Now they're the guys that are being hunted. And they've got guys waiting in the wings, like possibly the golden ticket winner, Gaston Salione, waiting to just knock them off at the right time. And, 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 and the thing, and you know, the thing about it is, you know, you know, championships are, you know, I, I, I never look at a championship as just a, a prop. I, I don't. And, and, the reason why, and the reason why is because, you know, people work hard. You know, you work hard for that promotion. And, you know, the best way to really prove yourself that you're way deserving of this honor is by going out there and, de- and, defending, and defending your championships. And, I'm going to go back to that point that you made earlier with the Vincents. Um, Can they do it? Can they keep everything together? Because, you know, you can have, anybody can have an off night. And we both know this. You know, both of us being products of this business, we both know that, you know, all it takes is any given Saturday. In this case, any given night in Tuckerman, and a new champion can be crowned. So, how how focused, how mentally tough, and will they can they actually implement some teamwork and tag team moves that will really push them to the point where they could be really great champions? Absolutely, I mean, and that's going to be the thing. Like I said, they got to find that next gear, and they got to completely, you know, almost throw the car into a U-turn, and now they've got to realize that now they're being chased. Now they're the ones that uh, have to avoid being caught on an off night 
and they have to be the right. ones to be able to uh, kick it into a higher gear and show exactly what made them the ASWF Tag Team Champions. And speaking of kicking it into a higher gear, the free fall matchup. Big news coming out of this, obviously. We have a new Evolution Champion. Uh, we kicked off the new era in style, so to speak, this past uh, Saturday night, or excuse me, at Anniversary 20. Uh, D-Mike walks out of the free fall match as the ASWF Evolution Champion. And, you know, what a moment. Uh, you know, ever since he came under the tutelage of his advisor, uh, Mr. Bad Brad, I've seen big things for him, you know, especially Brad. I think that it's a mutual thing. Both of these men are uh, taking each other and taking each other to new heights. I mean, really, in my opinion, the, it's mutually it's mutually beneficial for both men. You know, Brad is still uh, being able to mentor young athletes and, you know, D-Mike is using those mentors and using those skills that Bad Brad has taught so many individuals before him, and he's been able to turn it now into ASWF Evolution Championship gold. And, you know, I, uh, another story that came out here uh, in this Evolution freefall matchup is the fact that uh, Grayson Beckett managed to uh, get back into that matchup. He uh, lobbied the board and he was able to get back in that uh, free-fall matchup to try to gain the title he never lost back. And and, and also, um, you know, that match was dangerous. And, you know, anytime you have a free-fall match like that with a championship hanging above, you know, it, it's dangerous. And to me, I, I think it's, it's it's right up there equally as dangerous as a ladder match or an Ultimate X match because of the danger factor and everything is high risk. And you're having to play offense and defense all at the same time. Offense, you try to scurry across those chains to get that title belt. Meanwhile, you're having to play defense and keep it everybody else away from your your possession, which would be the Evolution Championship. And um, I got to give props to everybody that competed in that matchup. But I also want to give props to another competitor that, that competed in that matchup that um, mm-hmm. suffered a horrific, horrific um, injury. And hopefully we'll have a report on that this Saturday. And that, that being one insane shame. Um one of yeah, it was it was horrifying. Um, what happened to him um, at the anniversary show? Um, oh, I completely agree. You know, uh, Insane Shane obviously taken out. Uh, he uh, he struck. I believe he struck his head and face on the uh, on the steel steps. I don't want to. Yeah, it, we don't yeah, have anything it, official it as far. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna. I, I was gonna say, Mike. It was a. It was a high risk move. I, I believe it was. A, it was. It was either a moonsault or almost a somersault plancha, that, um, a wrestler's body weight, ended up smashing his head, and, and I mean, I saw clearly, smash his head, 
right onto those steps, and, uh, and it was one. It was one of the most horrific and gruesome scenes I've ever seen. Absolutely. I mean, and like I said, you know, I, in Saint Jane, we don't have any. Uh, we don't have any confirmation of this, but uh, it appears to be a uh, some sort of mouth injury. I believe, uh, from what I understand, he uh, did not lose consciousness. I'm not sure about that 100%, but I do know sure. that uh, there is there should be an update coming soon, whether it be from Infamous Inc. or what have you, but uh, definitely a scary right. moment in that first ball matchup with Insane Shane. And speaking of Infamous Inc., now I'll go ahead and tell you my theory uh, like you mentioned, you know, it seemed like Ray almost fell under the spell of the infamous one throughout this matchup. I believe that Ray was almost playing a little bit of uh, cat and mouse with the infamous one, though. I think, that, you know, and I think he proved that whenever he, you know, did that typical Ray Ray thing and, you know, the act of defiance of the bird in the direction of the infamous one. I believe it was all just a game to get in the infamous one and infamous inks. You know, it seemed like whenever the infamous one was uh, started pulling for Ray out of nowhere, seemingly, it almost seemed like his other two guys, Josh and Shane, kind of let off the gas a little bit. Like this could have been the reward for insane or for Ray Ray to come into the infamous ink was they were going to give him the evolution title but you know it was all for not obviously ray kind of suckered him in a little bit yeah yeah and 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 i I totally agree with you on that one mike because um it almost as if ray literally was the puppet master pulling the strings even though he did not win the evolution championship it almost kind of seemed like he was a puppet master pulling the strings. And with that, you know, I, I really wonder what would the repercussions of that whole situation be? Because you, you've got to know that the infamous one, and matter of fact, infamous ink, you've got to know that they'll have something up their sleeve, but we all know in the past that Ray Ray has some up his sleeve as well. He may have an extra ace card up his sleeve or two. Absolutely. I mean, you look at it. The infamous one has been awfully quiet over the past two weeks on uh, social media as far as yeah, uh, maybe, yeah, uh, infamous ink business and things like that. He's been awfully quiet. He hasn't, you know, normally very active about what's going on in Infamous Inc. And now he's kind of gone quiet. And that's when it's scary, in my opinion, is when the Infamous one gets quiet, he's formulating a plan. And, you know, unfortunately, Ray Ray may right, be right smack dab in the center of that plan in the crosshairs for uh, rebuking the advances of Infamous Inc. Yeah, yeah you know, that kind of... That kind of reminded me a little bit of a what, kind of a situation similar to what's going on in Impact Wrestling right now, concerning OBE and uh, concerning OBE and One Rich Swan, to where um, they will literally try to manipulate and play mind games to get Rich Swan to come join OBE, and then all of a sudden, Rich Swan played them for fools and double crossed them. 
I feel the same situation has happened here with Ray Ray. He literally, just like you said, and, and I, I love how you put it, he literally just kind of just manipulated them. Now, did he manipulate them for his own pleasure? Is he getting them off their game to make sure that they don't challenge for a championship in the future? And that may very well be the case, but, you know, uh, I do want to go back to the fact that at the end of this matchup, it was Josh Cross, the original Misfit, and Ray Ray. They were battling over the Evolution title. And at some point, the one of them, and I, it escapes me who unstrapped it, but somebody, one of the individuals were able to unstrap the title. And uh, during the fall, both men lose, lose the ability to hold on to the title. And the title falls into D-Mike. D-Mike wins the ASWF Evolution title. You want to talk about hashtag finally. That's That was a moment. And what a role run and what a role that D-Mike's on right now. Winning the uh, AWO championship and now the ASWF Evolution title. This guy's got to be the limit for this kid in my opinion. I, 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 think, it, I think it is, Mike. And also think that the only thing that can stop him is him right now. And I think he keeps the momentum rolling. I won't be surprised if sometime this year he's inside of the heavyweight championship picture. And you know what? I'll go on the limb. I'll throw it out there. I won't be surprised if D-Mike is ASWF champion at least by the end of this year. I won't be surprised. I tell you, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, D-Mike, the role he has been on is a role that we really haven't seen the likes of in professional wrestling in the state of Arkansas. I mean, D-Mike looks unbeatable right now. Ever since he came under the tutelage of Bad Brad, D-Mike has been almost a juggernaut, so to speak. D-Mike is... One silently become one of the best professional wrestlers inside of the state of Arkansas. And, you know, I, I, I've got to give props. You know, obviously I know Brad. Brad would uh, say it was all D-Mike, but I do have to give props to Brad. It seems like he's given him that little extra edge because obviously D-Mike was great before, but now D-Mike has taken it to a whole nother level in my opinion. And also, when you say that since Brett, Bad Brad's return, don't you kind of think it changes? It ended up changing the game a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, I think it did. It changed the game a lot for D-Mike, as you can tell. D-Mike now uh, pretty much draped in gold. He's the proverbial champ champ, so to speak. And, you know, you got to give a little bit of that credit to the tutelage of Brad, uh, who has guided him to these uh, two monumental victories in uh, professional wrestling in the state of Arkansas, and especially winning the prestigious ASWF Evolution title. That thing is getting closely associated with the ASWF title. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I think at this point with with you know with D Mike as evolution champion, um, 
I, I, I still say, and I'm standing, I'm standing by. I think it's only a matter of time before he's inside the heavyweight championship picture. And bottom line, he's taking home that belt at least sometime this year. Well, you know, definitely, we got about seven minutes left until the break, and now it's time to talk about what I've called. You know, I'm going on record right now and saying the most brutal ASWF championship matchup in the history of the All-Star Wrestling Federation, the Monsters Ball match. Steve-O, the main event, Curtis, Don, Max Stone, the greatest gym known to man, and a returning, surprise returning member of the Manai, the former ASWF champion, Mr. Will Cage, made a little surprise entry the night of. I, I mean, I tell you, I didn't know he was going to show up. I can guarantee you that the guys didn't know that he was going to show up, as evidenced by no. the fact that uh, when his music started playing, uh, Steve-O and Curtis Don both came up to me and said, hey, this is supposed to be a three-way. What's going on? They were literally losing their minds. We're all stunned. We were all stunned at the broadcast table because we wouldn't even know our format. Absolutely. Nobody knew that that uh, Will Cage was going to make his return. Last thing I knew, Will Cage was still in recovery and was going to take another two months to be able to make it back into the squared circle there at the Valiant Arena. And sure enough, ASWF Anniversary 20, I guess Will Cage decided, you know what? Pain can be put on the back burner for now. I want my ASWF championship back. Mm-hmm. And, and, and bottom line, a new champion was crowned. And a big monster congratulations to the main event, Curtis Dawes. He now is the main champion. And um, it was an incredible match. It, it, was, it was one of the most brutal matches. And you called it, Mike. And I, I agree with, I echo everything you just said about that match. It lived up to the bill like a monster's ball. It really did. Um, anywhere from, from Legos to thumbtacks. I mean, pretty much anything that wasn't nailed down was used in this match. And, you have to always be aware of your surroundings and where you are at all times. And lucky for Curtis Dawn, he was at the right place at the right time. And as a result, a new champion was crowned, and he finally, yes, hashtag finally, got the gold. Well, and I mean, you're exactly right. You know, we talk about a new era. This is exactly what happened. Right. Uh, in the Valiant Arena Anniversary 20, the new era has arrived, and it's led by the monstrous main event, Curtis Dawn. This is a guy who, for the last year, has been right on the precipice of becoming a champion inside of the Valiant Arena, and then on the biggest stage of them all, Anniversary 20, 20 years of being in existence for the All-Star Wrestling Federation, Curtis Dawn reached up and grabbed the brass ring, and finally, as you keep, uh, you know, th- that's the word of the night, hashtag finally captured his moment and captured, you know, his ascension 
as Aaron would say, his ascension to the main event, the main event became the main event in that Monsters Ball match. And he, let's just say, um, that win wasn't without um, physical repercussions. Because he was on the wrong side of brutality that whole match. Absolutely. I mean, Curtis Don was wearing the proverbial crimson mask at the end of that matchup, you know, uh, obviously bleeding from multiple places on his body. But you look at it, Curtis Don licking his wounds right now, you got to ask, of all three champions, who's the most vulnerable? You got to wonder if Curtis, if you're thinking Gaston, you got to think Curtis may very well be the most vulnerable right now because of the injury, but I believe that may be a mistake because, like I said, the main event is a monster, a dominant juggernaut in professional wrestling in the state of Arkansas, and now he holds the most prestigious title in our state. Well, bottom line, line, Mike, he's a marked man. No question about it. He, he, He is a target, but, you know, What's it all saying? With great, you know, with you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Right now, he's got the power. You know, not to quote, you know, anything from a ninety, not to use a nineties reference here, but you no, know, he's got the power. Well, that's exactly what he, that's exactly what Curtis Don has right now. He's got the power. The question right. is, and we'll find out, and we'll find out this answer on Saturday. Um, not only his mental condition and his state right now, but how's he feeling now that he finally went from the main event to now the main champion? You're absolutely right about that. But, uh, Cornbread, we're right up against the break. I know you've got to go and take care of some business, so I'll go ahead and let you uh, talk about your final takeaways from Anniversary 20, and then we'll go ahead and head into the break. I want to wish you a good rest of your week, and we'll see you this Saturday night. Well, I I will say this. um, This past Saturday, let's just say April April 6th, bottom line will go down as one of the most remarkable nights um, in ASWF history. And if you wasn't there to witness it, well, there is good news for you. Why don't you come witness the quote-unquote aftermath or a.k.a. fallout from ASWF 20 this Saturday at the Valiant Arena. All I can tell you is this. If you think that that show was nuts, you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, a new start, a new era. But guess what? Only one person, only one set of individuals can see it, and that's you. And you, the only way you can see it is by joining us right there in Tuckerman, 201. <laughs> that would be Highway uh, 367 North, correct, Mike? Correct. And guess what? Doors doors will be open, no question about it. Uh, five, doors open at 530, correct? Correct. Yeah, doors open up at 530. Show's time is 7 o'clock. 
please take it on behalf of myself and Mike as we tell you this. You don't want to miss being at the Valiant Arena <laughs> because anything and everything can happen. And you want some great wrestling action? Why don't you come join us right there at the Valiant Arena this Saturday night. This Saturday, you don't want to miss it. Myself and Mike will be on the call for the action. You don't want to miss this Saturday. I'm telling you, tickets are only five bucks. Yes, five dollars. Five dollars for an awesome show, an awesome wrestling show. You're getting everything all wrapped into one show. If I can't sell it here, I'm not sure why I can sell it. It's that great of a show that you be there at the Valley Arena this Saturday, 7 o'clock. Well, Cornbread, I certainly hope you have a wonderful week and uh, good night. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, he mentioned something earlier. You never know what's going to happen inside of the Valiant Arena. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I've got some news to break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up and get you ready for this Saturday night. The ASWF Wrestling returns to the Valiant Arena in Tuckerman, Arkansas. We'll be right back with more ASWF Aftermath. Are you looking for the best deals for your vaping needs and accessories? Then check out the guys at Sub-Ohm Vapors. With daily specials on a wide selection of mods and juices, they will surely become your one-stop shop. Ray and the guys at Sub-Ohm Vapors located at 6929 JFK Boulevard, Suite C in North Little Rock, Arkansas, want to see you. Join them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, but more importantly, visit the store or call 501-392-6487. Sub-Ohm Vapors. Vape it like you built it. So make way for the new, new era. The young era parent to inherit the depths of his parents. The rain to be a rain. Hip-hop's in hysterics. See your neighbor at the pulpit. The system's embarrassed. So tell me how you style down. All black, black, two black, stage black shoes, bad dudes. Attitude, I am vacuum packed fresh. Tighter than the ziplock, better check the wristwatch. I don't give a ugh, you ain't even worth the letter. Good fella, Jerry Keller, Henry Hill, the merry fella. Man, I'm spraying quick, I spit it slickly, let you get out F. Subtle curses on these verses. But you wish you had insurance for a rap, you in insurance. Call it harvest season, you might think this shit is corny, but there's a reaper in the field. Oh, yeah. And that's exactly what it'll be this Saturday night, the dawn of a new era, no pun intended. The main event, Curtis Dawn, the new ASWF champion, the Vincent Brothers, the new ASWF tag team champions, and of course, D-Mike, the new ASWF Evolution Champion. Ladies and gentlemen, I've uh, just been informed that Ray Ray will call out one of the new champions that were crowned at ASWF Anniversary 20 for a matchup. Uh, Ray going to challenge for one of the new championships uh, that were decided at Anniversary 20, so you're not going to want to miss this. Come on out, ladies and gentlemen. 201 
Highway 367 North in Tuckerman, Arkansas. You're going to see Ray Ray. You're going to see the Vincent Brothers. You're going to see Infamous Inc. You're going to see the new ASWF champion, the main event, Curtis Don, the Manai, absolutely everything. It's going to be $5 to get in the door. Kids six and under are going to get in for absolutely free, ladies and gentlemen. I cannot stress this enough that this will be the biggest uh, you know, and best value for your uh, buck in entertainment and the state of Arkansas. So, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you this Saturday night, 201 Highway 367 North in Tuckerman, Arkansas. For my broadcast colleague, Cornbread, I'm the voice of the ASWF, Michael Conahan. Good night, everybody. Don't look away Get your